0: Oh, by the way, I was listening to an investor podcast in America that's, you know, one of those, like, it's so American, you're like, it's so away from our reality in the UK, and so <laughs> on, and, and everything. Yeah. Guess who was advertising on there? Huel? Huel. Huel. Yeah. Well, hold
1: on. Huel's available in America?
0: Yeah, and they're yeah. doing really well, apparently.
1: Yeah.
0: So, I, I have, by the way, I'll tell you a story, but
1: yeah.
0: uh, in a second, <laughs> it's really what, embarrassing. Like off podcast or on? Uh, No, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you on podcast. So, yeah, anyway, Huel, right? Yeah. Great brand. Great brand. Hope that we are one day sponsored by them. Yep. Mainly for the supply. Um, no, for the great advertising
1: we can absolutely. offer
0: them. Absolutely. Well, I think, I'm not going to overdo it, but I think we were some of the first sales people for Huel, right? Dude,
1: you were. At yeah, least, at, but at I mean, I say we, because we were both there in. when
0: we uh, used to, you know, we were in a kebab shop once and we were, some <laughs> guy was ordering a kebab. <laughs> and there we were saying do you want a nutritionally complete yeah, meal yeah Yeah. Do you, or do you want a kebab and he said yeah. kebab which yeah what the hell which that was prepare? so strange so <laughs> basically um, me and my brother went to Florida pre-covid okay it was uh, over Christmas no after Christmas a bit of New Year's it was one of those both of us were well I wasn't single but you know still in not a serious serious relationship at the time so oh so um, you weren't
1: single not serious relationship yeah yeah
0: um no, no, but basically we were just like, yeah let's just get away for a bit, let's just do our own thing um and go on holiday right
1: yeah you're brushing real path for yeah
0: past <laughs> okay. um so we were there we were, we we went and um we decided to go to Orlando out of anywhere people were like, oh, you should go to Dubai and that and we we're like, you know what me and my brother always liked Orlando when we went as a kid, as kids yeah but we realized we couldn't do much when we were there as kids, right? You can't do any of the adult rides, you can't experience it. And Orlando, Florida, so not just Disneyland, but Universal Studios and stuff, yeah. is actually very much suited to adults just as much as it is for kids.
1: I buy that. Yeah. Like
0: you've got water parks, you've got stuff. I'm a, I'm a kid adult. And uh, so we decided to go there. Anyway, another thing me and my brother love to do is eat eat a lot Mm -hmm. and uh, certainly in america there's plenty to eat on whether you uh like that kind of food or not it's it's there yeah it's there in in a lot with cheese with everything and we we decided yeah we're gonna go there so we were in fit shape before we went we worked out like we never worked out before
1: like i I knew you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no 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 this this is pre-covid yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um yeah we worked
0: out Yeah. yeah and um we, my brother, because we were in such a mentality of eating well and doing things, mm. we ordered Huel to America you and ordered collected Huel, to Huel America. in America because we weren't going to put it in our suitcase because yeah. like valuable space, yeah. Which probably would have been the smarter move <laughs> in the end because we didn't finish it. Um, yeah. but yeah, we we ordered some Huel so that our lunches were Huel. Yeah. So then our dinners were Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> and it was a balance. <laughs> and then uh, we were still able to get the uh, the old um, that
1: is. Incredible. I want to make yeah. fun of you for this, but honestly all all I'm hearing is like committed to the game. Committed
0: to the game. Yeah, man. But it was it was truly amazing. Anyway, this podcast had Huel. They were like nutritionally complete meal but in an American accent. I was yeah. like, "Wow. Look how far that company has come." yeah Gone. Like it's
1: insane. Why did this shock you though? Cuz they sell in America.
0: It was just the fact like this is almost says so Huel is huge in, to me in the UK, but I feel like I've been with them since they were a very small or very small company. Like I'm, I'm Mm. talking, they're probably doing. Time I bought it, twenty seventeen, probably in just over a million in turnover. Which for them, you know, they're approaching. Think they're quite close to 100 mil or something really? far far beyond that now at yeah. uh, turnover so yeah they you know they've 100x since where where i've joined if
1: not more four years
0: yeah and they're very british mm-hmm. to me so like they're on british podcasts you know they made it Stephen bartlett's podcast but yeah. that's very british still or traditionally is uh so when i heard it on an american podcast far away it's like hearing it on the late late show of Whoever it is, yeah. um, there. That was quite insane because that's like, wow, you've made it to the mainstream.
1: They yeah. launched in the UK, British brand?
0: What? Huel? Yeah, yeah. But I think their revenue in the US has overtaken the UK, which isn't hard because there's a population. Market, yeah. 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 But you also can't sell rubbish. So, yeah. Uh, because
1: so many people are selling. All yeah. The, the competition
0: there is yeah. exactly. So you can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to take this product to America. It's actually got to yeah. be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you won't make it.
1: Yeah. That's interesting because I was, whoever I chat to talks about who spent time in America. I never have. Mm -hmm. It's one of my dreams to spend five years living in New York. Uh But I've never been to America. But whoever I speak to who has been there talks about this economy of spending that we just don't have in the UK. Everything's being kept. And you can tell that in the design of everything. Their buildings are bigger their cars are bigger they cost they spend more fuel they're like yeah they're hungrier thirstier cars just bigger and vast but uh, my barber in manchester was telling me that he went to america for like three years and made more money than he could ever imagine Mm. he's like if you want to make money go to america there's so many people that are willing to spend more money than than the land of opportunity yeah yeah. it's it's almost like and, and this was a very interesting topic but uh like cheap is is looked down upon which mm. i you know coming from a middle eastern background i can fucking relate to this is like you know how much did you buy it for you lie to your mum, you dip down the price but to a stranger you add like we were joking yeah right sense. yeah he's like no i i can afford all of this stuff so i think in america there, there is that element to it mm-hmm. the reason why i said it was interesting was i heard i think on a on diary of a ceo uh about ikea it's on the, one of the main purposes, aside from sustainability and all this stuff, that it comes flat pack is so that you get involved. And it's a justification for the low price. Sure. Because if you just thought, if something is cheap, you imagine it's cheap in quality. Mm. But because they talk about, and don't get me wrong, IKEA is not premium.
0: Sure, but because the assembly, right? Yeah, you, so
1: then you're like, they deducted the price because of the assembly, not the quality. Uh, that's a huge mental game that And when playing.
0: you buy something that's already assembled, you're paying a premium because you're not having to assemble it. Maybe, not. but that's
1: the psychology we think. Interesting. So they yeah. wanted this whole like discount thing. Um, they Like they don't want to be considered a discount one. They want to be considered cheap. Yeah. But like it's cheap because you assemble it, not because it's cheap crap.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, cool. Well, anyway, that was a nice intro to nice eight our intro. episode. Yep. Boom episode number 43 i believe 43 43 yeah um, but we're also going to say episode number 42 in case we got it wrong yeah uh so Ram it's just like and, yeah a little yeah. do what you do massaging <laughs> the correct number yeah. um but wow 43 i mean we say that every time wow i know i episode know Episode number four <laughs> um but yes yeah, it's, it's been interesting so uh i just wanted to firstly kind of take off a little bit from where we were last week because it was a really interesting subject. Thanks, man. Uh, do,
1: you, do you know I got some stuff to say about that? Yeah. I poured my heart and soul out. I told the world all about my most personal and intimate thoughts, feelings, and and, and whatever. Mm. I opened, I peeled back a layer. Uh-huh. I was vulnerable. Six people watched it. <laughs> you know? Six people. Uh, it's we not... talk about heights. We talk about, yeah. you know, we talk, we're talking 30, 50 views. We're not huge, but 30, yeah. 50 views. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't
0: think you need to worry about the volume, man. We are vanity pumping out metrics. content. Yeah, this is. They are vanity metrics. Like who, who the hell is doing it? Whereas the few people that did watch it yeah. and may come across that episode as it goes, you know, yeah. sometimes episodes come and go. They, yeah, you know, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they suddenly get into the popularity. They're um, the ones to watch out.
1: Rafe's messaged me about it though. Who's going to be on this podcast? you'll, yeah. you'll learn all about who Rafe is very soon. Uh-huh. Uh, he's coming down next month to film an episode with him, but he sent me a, a message about it. Yeah. So I know he, he's he's watched it.
0: Oh, yeah. What did he say?
1: Um, yeah. He, it was a reference to, like, the Ross thing. Oh, yeah. How, how somebody I knew called me Ross. Which, by the way, there's no way she'll ever see this. But did I tell... I, I don't think I said... The, the mix-up... The, the weird thing about that is I had a huge crush on her. Mm-hmm. But she'd started that job with like three other friends. And yeah. immediately after calling me Ross, they were just like, and we call her Monica. And I was like, well, you know, you just made it weird. Oh,
0: right, yeah. And
1: it kind of changed everything for me. <laughs> but yeah, so you want to continue down this trajectory? Well, for-
0: no, no. I just wanted to kind of pick up where we were. Okay. Um, and learn a bit about a bit more about you. Cool. Um, So we kind of went through the trajectory of a few things. um, But we stopped... Because we've simply run out of time. Did you? Yeah. Um, and we talked about, obviously, a lot about your personality traits, you know, how you, certain thing, characteristics of yourself and so on developed. Yeah. Um, but really, what's made you who you are today and where you've come from? Obviously, we've spoken a little bit about your various jobs, but I want to go through them a little bit more. Your okay. roles, uh, what they've taught you to become who you are today as a leader,
1: Four years in, mate, it's been yeah. for a job interview Yeah, <laughs> there we go No,
0: but it's, it's quite interesting Because mm. even in the time yeah. I think as as you become a leader You yeah. obviously didn't start as a leader here yeah. um, But as you've grown into that role um, yeah. I think you've almost gone back into your little wardrobe Or your closet full of um, experience yeah, And you've started to put things together mm. To help you become the leader you are today is that am I right in saying? Yeah, so? so
1: I'm ready to come out of the closet. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, that's where I'm going? <laughs> in other words, so yeah. So,
0: um, yeah, so <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> here's the thing: the, this is the if you want to know about me, uh, anything about me. Uh, one of the biggest things is if you pitch me an opportunity for a joke. Yeah, I'm swinging the bat. Okay, and it it gets me in trouble sometimes. Right, like downright like highly offensive jokes. They'll pop to my to the point now where Harvey notices, uh-huh. like in my eyes that something came and he goes, just say it, just yeah. say it. Like he knows something popped in there.
0: It's like the whole conversation just pauses, right? Yeah. And you're just thinking about the joke. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> like...
1: It's terrible. So like that was a relatively mild one. But yeah. if if any if anything comes, I have to go for it. Yeah. But and this, this uh, this you know, it makes or breaks friendship sometimes. Mm.
0: But I like it. You you seem to be able to like, uh, what do they call it? Where you kind of take the mick out of yourself?
1: Oh, i don't
0: know I have uh, a... there's a word There's certain comedians are really good at it yeah i think that's quite funny oh yeah. uh self yeah self something
1: self-deprecating de... humor self-deprecating mm. humor yeah.
0: it's jokes yeah because yeah. i was li- i was listening to um he's not a comedian but what's his name Ugh. never mind never mind it'll come to me yeah. in a moment um okay. he's a big singer at the moment uh, he was on Stephen barlett's podcast Uh, Oh, Lewis Capaldi. Yeah, Yeah. and he was talking about how he's very much like that. Yeah. Um, And he kind of rips into himself a lot. But he then starts to think, is he doing it to protect himself from someone else making the criticism? Yeah, I've
1: thought that sometimes. Yeah. I I don't know if it it applies to me. Um, No, sorry. I I think it only applies to me in like 5% of the jokes, like self-deprecating jokes I make. Okay. I think a large majority of it is... I find making somebody laugh incredibly rewarding. So that's, mm. that's uh, if I see an opportunity, I go for it. Even if it causes a few, like, Shh, shouldn't It's worth that. it. Yeah. yeah, it's always worth it to me. <laughs> okay. But yeah, sorry, I, I, de- right. I okay, derailed cool. you with uh, All right, so here, here we go.
0: Yeah. Tell me um, what you thought leadership was before yeah. you were a leader. Yeah. And tell me what you think leadership is now as a leader.
1: Are you using the word leadership synonymously with management or are they separate entities too?
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um, take that how you feel. Okay. Yeah, See,
1: to me, leadership is people. Management is uh, matter and pixels. Mm-hmm. There was somebody on a podcast that said all we do in life is you either move matter or you move pixels. Those are the only jobs that exist. Right. I thought that was brilliant. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think <laughs> management is uh, matter and pixels. I think uh, leadership is people. So if we are... If we're talking about leadership and management as one thing, I used to think that it was a reward for a load of hard work in a more junior position. Mm-hmm. Uh, you become a manager, you just oversee stuff, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I used to think it was a reward for time served. And I think a lot of people still do. And that is a terrible, terrible thing to think. But uh, that's genuinely what I thought. I worked at a PPI call center. I I worked in a bunch of scenarios where I saw people get promoted because of the time they'd been at the company.
0: So almost you thought that... You spend, you do your time. Yeah. And then you get to kind of just enjoy a little yeah. bit of telling other people what to do and you don't have to do the nitty gritty. Yeah, because to
1: yeah. me, that's the ceiling of management. You know, you are managed, then you become a manager and you're managed by somebody else and you just keep climbing that ladder. Sure. Unless you're in like a special, relatively specialized role, I think that's just what you kind of climb. Yeah. So, I,
0: sorry, so would you, do you think those roles were easier?
1: Management, I used to. Definitely don't anymore. Sure. Um, I think that comes with, like, I'm fortunate enough at my age to have been in management for, I think, over five years, Mm. uh, leadership as well. So I don't think that many people my age have the the opportunity to say something like that. But what I've learned is it's definitely not that. It's not the fact that you put in the grind, then you get to kick back. I'm almost ashamed to say it because when you say it out loud, it kind of makes sense that it's a dumb thought. Right. But what I learned it to be was uh, leadership. Let's say, for example, is an it's an art form in its own respect, in its own right. I learned this in many different lessons when I was trying to be a leader, and then mm-hmm. when I was reflecting back to when people were leaders for me. So, I think what I've learned in leadership is that leadership is a big part of communication, and is a big part of getting people on your side for certain things. Right, and. Um, yeah, sorry, what was the, the initial question? I no, like so I'm, it was... Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so um, how how do you see what you th- initially thought of leadership yeah. compared to where, what you
1: think of it today? Yeah. How do they differ? Um, yeah, yeah I, th- I, th- I used to think of it as, as an easy thing. Now I think of it as a very complex mm-hmm. thing, and I think of it as a art form.
0: Okay, so do you think, going back to what your original perspective of leadership management mushed together kind of thinking was... Do you feel there are certain companies where that is true?
1: I think a majority of companies, that's what what it is. Okay.
0: And why do you think they, that happens?
1: Um, it might get controversial, what mm-hmm. I'm about to say. But I think uh, in a weird way... I'll, I'll ask you this question. Why do you think we value loyalty?
0: Why do we value loyalty?
1: Yeah, right? It's, it's a hard question to answer. Uh-huh. And I, I, that's the thing. I think... Um, employees hope that their employers value loyalty. Employers are told that loyalty is a great thing. Hmm. Everybody knows if you change jobs more often, you get a bigger pay rise. Hmm. I've had like 11 jobs. And hmm. I've got, that's, you know, I, my salary has increased far more than anybody I know that's stuck at the same job. Mm-hmm. That's just the case. If you're if you're hunting money, quit now. That's yeah, great advice. Right. Quit now, move on to the next company and keep doing that. That comes, at, it's not all, you know, glory. That comes at other costs. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing, I think. You know, employers have been told loyalty is a great thing. Employees have been told to expect loyalty, uh, to give loyalty in return for more money, more whatever. But how often do you and I say, you recently got more involved in operations, right? Mm-hmm. Something that, you know, I'm, I'm operations director. Yeah. You came in and you made four or five changes that I keep telling you have been incredible for the business. They've revolutionized how we conduct ourselves. And that's because you ha- you came in with a fresh set of eyes. Yeah. I've gone stale right. and I-, I-, I couldn't see anything new or fresh. So mm-hmm. in a weird way... You, you know, it's hard to answer why loyalty is a good thing, but fresh turnover suddenly s- starts to sound a little bit appealing. Sure. Yeah. That's why I'm saying like it, it's a bit controversial in, in mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. But if you think about it purely logically...
0: It and, makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But when we go back to this expectation of I need to give you loyalty and in return you need to, you know, look after me. Mm. You know, that's the relationship we have. And so that's why I think... Looking after me, looking after you, that's that's what happens. You're like, all right, look, you've given me four years of your life, you've worked really hard here. Congratulations, I'm moving you up to management. Yeah, I think that's a bad thing. It sounds messed up, but I think it's a bad thing. So it's
0: it's promoting for the wrong reasons, yeah, incorrect promotions, yeah, yeah, like especially
1: in a culture of like quiet quitting and and all of that stuff. I think, and the definition of that is a bit loose, but Mm. if if somebody is showing traits of leadership, because I think it's bad. Some people don't want to work in leadership and management. It's this thing like entrepreneurship that's hailed as this wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, but some people don't want to work in, in management. Yeah. I know people that are like, I will crush it at X, Y, and Z. I'll, I'll focus on that. I don't want to be in management. Mm. I think a lot of technical directors and like chief technical officers don't want to be managers. Right. I think they want to get coding. Get they back want to, in. They want
0: to get... Yeah. yeah.
1: Get their hands dirty. So... Yeah, um, I think that instead of saying, well, you've been here for four years, Ash, I'm going to promote you to management. Mm. I should be able to come to you and say, look, you've you've built some authority around the team. People come to you mm. looking for answers and you think rationally and logically under pressure. You're showing all the skill sets that I think I need to uh, in, in a manager around here. Okay. So that's why I'm promoting you. Sure. Not, you know, you've devoted X amount of time to me, so this is how I'm going to reward that.
0: Cool. Yeah. So... Okay, let's put leadership aside. Okay. And just look at a business manager, right? Mm. Why does a company value a manager more than anyone below management?
1: Why in, in the talent- sense, when I say
0: value, yeah. I mean, physically, they are paying more, compensating more yeah. to a manager.
1: Yeah. Why do I think that's the case? Mm. Um, because in an ideal world, you should be... Your pay should correlate to the level of complexity of the problems that you solve. Mm -hmm. And this is actually really funny because before I knew you you wanted to discuss this on the podcast, I wanted to discuss something very similar to you. Okay. uh, Which was, you know, as an entrepreneur, do you ever wish that you just had like a mundane job? Mm -hmm. Like a come in, rinse, repeat, come in, rinse, repeat. And, Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, I think. If you are not in a management position, you're in a junior position, you're working with a team for a collective goal, mm. then the buck doesn't fall with you. it falls with your manager so if you're you're not pulling your weight, then you know the the senior ups of the team or the mission is going to be let down not by you, mm. not because you didn't pull your team but because your management your manager wasn't on your case right or wasn't asking what's the support you needed to get you to the next level, or you know. It's it's always like we we always say this, like we don't want a blame culture. We want an accountability culture. Mm-hmm. So when something goes wrong with the warehouse, I go up to Harvey. And Harvey, we just spoke about this. I'm like, if you were to say, Oh, it's because X didn't do this, I wouldn't respond. I'd just sit there and wait till you gave me a good enough reason. Yeah. I don't care that X did not do that. And that's kind of where you have this like structured system. Um and that's why I think they're, they're compensated more because that burden is constantly on them. And the complexities of their problems, I think, are bigger. Because if I'm working on something, I have one problem. If you have a team of six working for you and each of them has a problem, you've got six problems. Right. Right. And you're, yeah. you're the final port of call to, to, to yeah. fix those problems. So essentially,
0: you're taking on the responsibility. Yeah. yeah? In a nutshell, yeah, 100%. yeah. So when companies have... If we we're really going for a real hierarchical structure, mm. they have multiple... Um, levels to their team, yeah. and the idea is, unless it's a very serious issue, yeah. that problem shouldn't filter to the top. Yeah, exactly. It should get resolved right there. There, like yeah. for example, if you're managing a team of six, mm. that problem should not go above that point yeah. unless it's very serious um, or there's an issue that can't be resolved.
1: Hundred um, percent. And if yeah. you're a good manager, it shouldn't even escalate to you yeah. because you should be empowering your team to fix the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody comes up to you with the same problem twice, I'd say as a manager, you fucked up. Like you should have taught them how to fix the problem rather than just fix the problem. Interesting. And you should have empowered them to make the decisions. This, uh, you know, Harvey is currently frustrated because some of our suppliers are delivering pallets all broken and wonky, and he's like, "It's such an easy fix. Why don't they fix it?" I was like, "Because they need sign off from six different people before mm. they fix it." I was like, "Imagine if you had to come to me for sign off for every tiny little incremental change you wanted in the warehouse. You'd never get anything done." Sure. And once a year, I'd come up to you and go, "Harvey, why haven't you done anything?"
0: So why do they sign? Why do they need the sign offs? Is it because someone messed up one time?
1: I think so, and I, I don't just think that as well. I think there is a level of sign-off that is needed, um, but you gotta. I think the default setting when you grow is to not think about what you've left behind. I think what you need to do is try and make, pro like yeah you need to leave as many of your problems behind you as possible mm. as you as you focus on different aspects of the business mm-hmm. so let's say i started off as a warehouse operative i, I didn't i started off in a different junior mm-hmm. position but if i started off as a warehouse operative and i grew with the business there into my current role which is operations i think if that was the case then i would employ a manager and say okay now that's your responsibility move into a different position okay hire somebody to to do what I was doing so I could move on to the next thing. Sure, sure. And then you never look back. You know, uh, Alan, who we work with, has this great thing of like, write everything on a post-it note Mm. and just ask yourself, what are we getting paid for? What are Mm. we doing? Because if we're diluting what we're getting paid for for the stuff, that doesn't matter. And it's the same thing here, but I think rapidly scaling businesses this... uh, supplier sorry not client I was speaking to it's a giant corporation Hmm. and I you know I think in order for them to run top to bottom employee hierarchically hierarchically if that's a real word Hmm. for that to operate as seamlessly as possible it kind of it needs to happen like that it's like saying we would drive a lot faster if we didn't have traffic lights Right, yeah. okay. But we just stopped innovating at traffic lights. Yeah. Like, why can't we think of something else, like a portal? Or I, I know I'm being silly, but... No, no, like you're even, absolutely right. Why yeah. don't we build bridges? Yeah. You know, keep traffic constantly moving. Yeah. So I think, yeah, traffic lights is a good analogy. That's why it needs sign-off, yeah. because we came up with a solution that was good enough at the time, yeah. never innovated beyond it.
0: That's really interesting. And the fact is, traffic lights have improved, right? Yeah. They're not just based on, this is 10 seconds, this is not. Some yeah. of them have sensors, some of yeah. them have. So when certain issues gather up there's no delay and certain sign-offs can be handled uh, quicker for those that have lost us listening to this i the essentially the idea of what you're trying to say is um in a company when you have the managers and the employees and you have multiple managers Mm -hmm. every little thing that you want doing say you want to make a better palette say you want to improve a process and you're at the bottom of the the ranking yeah takes forever it takes about 10 yeses for you to get anything done that's yeah, what you're saying yeah. right yeah, yeah and the idea is how can you smoothen that and lean that out to, to make things happen and I've, I've seen it when we work with a lot of our companies our partners yeah. it's exactly the same issue and it frustrates us because we're okay we're not necessarily in their team but the frustration then overflows into other companies and partners and and this whole supply chain we often
1: have targets and we always want to deliver the best for them to retain them for longer to like it's it's not a we live to serve our our clients all and that's it it's not a one-way relationship we want Mm. something out of this we want you to stay with us and the only way you're going to do that is if we deliver awesome results for you but if there are any bottlenecks in that process it can get very frustrating yeah the other thing i think it can sometimes be is ego you know, how many times, and, and this is something I've dealt with. I know there's something you've dealt with, but when you delegate a task, sometimes it's hard to just not think about it anymore. All right. You know, yeah. so it's sometimes you ask for sign off. And I think what we've gotten good at and not to, to you know, pat ourselves on the shoulder too hard, but is we require sign off for a set period of time. Mm. Then after that you're good. You're on your own. Run yep. run wild run free. But that was a, that was a learning curve for me at least. I think it was for you. Yeah. Like it it takes time for especially if it's something important. I know how hard it was for you to to delegate accounts. You know, the business's accounts. That's, that's something you took and still take great pride in. But I don't think you're as involved in it as you were before. No, that's absolutely um, right. And that can't have been an easy thing to let go of, sure. No,
0: definitely. But it's it's something that we do. I mean, it's such a, a minor thing, but we in our invoicing system at the mm. moment, we've just taken on a new um, analyst to help us with the bookkeeping and so on. Yeah, yeah. And the idea is when they start, there's a period. Okay, this is very much exactly what you say, but there's a period of about two months where they have to send every bill for, appro- for approval. Yeah. Because within the two months, yes, that... They won't face every problem, but it's likely they'll face most problems yeah. that they would would have faced. And if we're able to correct them and let them know, yeah, hopefully we iron those out overall. But yeah, pl- plenty of our, our times I think what happens is if you don't do that,
1: hmm.
0: it's too late because by the time you realise you're overloaded with the number of approvals and your team aren't getting on with what they need to. You yeah. know, they are there sitting. T- sitting there twiddling their thumbs and you start to build that culture yeah. where it's okay to just wait whereas you want to build, build a more proactive culture where people will get up and go and if they haven't had the approval mm. they'll fight to get the approval um, in the most respectful way. They'll, yeah. they'll make sure they get the job done. Um, in that For sense. sure. But yeah, so it's really interesting angle and as we develop the company we ha- we have to think of ways of, of making sure we're streamlined, especially remote um, team members and so on like making sure everyone's got everything they need.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, that's the thing. It's, it's ego and it's also, you know, anxiousness. I, I remember it was, it was hard to, to hand off certain things. And the other interesting thing, though, is that um, the reason why I call it ego is because you think that you can do this better than anybody else. I often thought that because I have the most uh, scope over everything. Hmm. So I was like, well, with this operational process, I can see everything. So leave it to me. I'll, I'll yeah. handle it. And then you realize, actually, that's a bad thing when you give somebody with a narrower scope of what, what you know, they only focus on this aspect of the business and you give them this piece that fits so beautifully in there yeah. then they know how to do it 10 times better than you. Because mm. then I've, um, you know, with Amazon, you've got vendor f- fulfilled by Amazon. You've got all of these different processes. And uh, I remember offloading that process. This is a process you started. Mm. We always, there's the prime example yeah. of this.
0: not very well. I didn't start it very well, but well, yeah, you, you started. Got the, yeah. You got the wheels in motion to mm. the
1: point where, you know, the processes that you were following were very guerrilla. It was very like, how can I just make sure that this is done and mm. done right? Um, and now it's a complex six-step process that has um, five people? Is it five people that work Yeah, on it?
0: around five, yeah. Yeah,
1: five different people that work on it. Some people remotely, some people here in the fulfillment center. So yeah, they, they've come up with this process. I've worked with them to make sure they all communicate as, as good as possible. But that's about it at this point. Like, right. now that I've created that system of, like, how they communicate, yeah. they take care of it, and they do it so yeah. much better than me. Like, when sometimes when someone's off and I jump in, I'm yeah. so lost.
0: So, it's not perfect. Yeah. But tell me, is that one of your proudest accomplishments? Because for me, that's yeah. all you. Yeah. And I think it's unbelievable. Yeah. I look at that as a shining example of what we have at WP.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, I struggle to... Uh, this is... the uh, Ben Francis on the High Performance podcast said something really, really cool. They always ask, first thing, what is uh, what is high performance to you? And the way he answers it is is really, really quite beautiful. He says, high performance to me is a collective of people working together to create something much greater than the sum of its parts. Mm. Yeah? And so when you ask me what my proudest accomplishment is, it's rarely going to be something that I actually did. It's always going to be a seed that I planted that others took and created because they will have made it way better. Yeah. You've you've said this to me of just mm. like one person can't do the great work of a team. Like mm. they can do it and get by, but the team's going to make it way better. Yeah. It's up there. I'm not going to lie to you. That yeah. that accomplishment is up there. And,
0: and every person, the five five people that were involved in that process, mm. everyone specializes in their own area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one person who's responsible to make sure everyone gets their job done. Yeah and sees that it's progressing on its on its chart yeah uh, you have a whole um chart measurement um, board. yeah that's all right and it's got a whole percentage of how far we are through the progress yeah um but ultimately everyone is responsible for their own th- their own yeah. part and the the step can't move on unless they've completed their their task correctly yeah um it's, it's amazing and i think what we can do is make sure we build in processes where sign-offs are still required within that process to mm-hmm. make sure people are doing their job properly yeah but different people can, can double check each other's work. So there's no waiting for a senior member to do it. Yeah. Um, sorry, it's just a thought that I had earlier that at the end of the day, it's just a double check from someone else. Yeah, um, yeah. And making sure that people are completing it in their own way. But yeah, it's, it's an example of what I'd like in a lot of our processes, not just on the operational side, but... Mm. in our our day-to-day client management and so on, Mm. when we look at a client and we're examining the data and the information we're doing before we have catch-ups, why isn't that a weekly process of going through um, all the way through from, I don't know, our our full service, all the way from the advertising and the listings, all the way Mm. through to the operational side?
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think that's, if I'm honest with you, well, no, I was going to say it's my biggest next challenge, but I think it's our biggest next challenge. Because, you know, yeah, we're at a point where I think we, we have all these great ideas to better serve our clients, but you know, we're talking about hiring more so that we can delegate a few more responsibilities and we're gonna have to keep our ego in check as we do that. But I think that that's the hardest thing as well. When you delegate, it always gets worse before it gets better. Yeah, Like that whole vendor process of stock allocation, purchase ordering, team fulfilling, printing the orders, fulfilling, dispatch, invoice, all of that stuff all took a dip when yeah. we grew the team. People were out of a line. Like I didn't yeah. know that they it made the
0: gorilla, to... gorilla system look great. Right? Yeah, it totally did. <laughs> yeah. I didn't
1: know that these people needed to communicate so much until the lack of communication nearly broke the system down. Yeah. So I think that's the next thing for us, which is where there's a lot of prized interaction, not just interactions, but things that we do for clients that we're like, this is what it takes because Touchwood never lost a client. We, we This is what we do. To make sure we don't lose them. This is the, the top tier that we can offer them. The mm. best blood, sweat, and tears that we put into this to make sure that people our clients are happy. We have to delegate that, dude. I don't know if you've if you've come to terms with this, but that's gonna dip. Yeah. And I, I you I know you care, I care about these clients quite yeah. deeply, but it's getting to a point where we can't be the ones there all the time. No, you're you're um, absolutely
0: right. It's something yeah, I hadn't thought about myself. Yeah. Um, of it, that dip. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna yeah.
1: dip and I I hate that. Uh, and we've got plans in place. But, but
0: what I do like is the idea that once it dips mm. and we fix up, yeah. there's ultimately a faster. Oh, it's going to get way system. better than what we ever yeah. could do.
1: And that's the thing. Like you know, you and I have, have had random chats about what we could be doing for clients. I think there was um, an advertising strategy that I've been talking to you about. There's uh, various different like things that you've come to me that you want to implement, and we just haven't been able to. And we're still getting the results for the clients; they're still happy but we don't know what's being left on the table here because we yep. haven't had a chance to explore them. And we are gonna, you know, we, we don't like leaving anything on the table. We're gonna explore them, but that's the bridge that I think we have to cross, which is yeah. a little bit intimidating.
0: No, definitely. I mean, originally, if I'm honest, when we were taking on more clients, immediately all I thought is, we just need more manpower. Yeah. And whilst that is true, if we don't have the system in place mm. and a strategy, we're gonna have far more people than we need, yeah. which firstly is just not efficient. And no system in place which actually overcomplicates a simple process. Yeah. The Kanban system, if we were to say it for client management, mm. we would have so many more random people involved because <laughs> there's no real systematic flow and we've just added a person here and added a person there mm. that it makes things more inefficient. We yeah, we don't serve our clients in the quick, fast, nimble way that we, we say we do yeah. as well and we become another one of them. Um, it's that funny essence.
1: that you say that though because that's a very me thing to think um which is like we gotta prepare build all of this stuff before we go and something that i've learned is a very you thing to think of which is let's dive in and figure out how to swim from there Yeah, it's funny we've kind of switched that but that's kind of been good for us yeah lately, i think i
0: like. think we've both seen the positives and the negatives are of, of our own yeah, mentality yeah. which allows us to massage the two together yeah as yeah. we keep weirdly saying <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's it's really interesting so um Something that just comes to mind when, I'm, when we're talking about this process, right? And we go back to the vendor process um, <laughs> that we have. And I'm like...
1: Just by the way, not everybody here is familiar with Amazon. Yeah, um, Amazon, I'm just going to put it in a nutshell. We actually have a webinar on this very, very soon. Feel free to tag along to that, especially if you're in the healthcare and pharma, because we can actually help you. Hmm. Um, Amazon, you can sell in a multitude of different ways. There's first party and there's third party. The first party is where you sell your products to Amazon. Amazon own the product, they sell it. That makes sense? Just like you would to Asda, you sell it to them, they own it and they're like, thanks for this, we're going to take care of this.
0: You, you would have probably seen this on your Amazon page if you've been shopping recently, mm-hmm. of the product saying sold and dispatched by Amazon.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Or you can have sellers on Amazon mm-hmm. and 90 odd percent of the sales go through a buy box, which is what you've bought from. I'm guessing not many people will know what the buy box is, but when you go to Amazon, you click buy now, you're buying from the buy box. And sometimes it says sold and fulfilled by X. If it's us, it's WP consultants. Sometimes it says sold by WP consultants, fulfilled by Amazon. Mm-hmm. So th- that's where you own the product and it's either fulfilled by Amazon or by you, but you own the product until the sale is made. Yeah. And the vendor process is where you have a, this weekly interaction with Amazon. They request a bunch of purchases from you purchase orders from you, they send it your way, you fulfill that to them, then you invoice mm. them. So for us, what that looks like is Monday mornings invoices come. used to be the gorilla way was PA, um, yeah PAs come yeah, yeah yeah either you or me would approve them, mm. either you or me sometimes would pack them and all yep. that stuff. Now they come through. A supply chain manager who works with us, Josh, great dude, um, will prepare a forecast and some stats for you and me to look at. Yeah. Um, and from that, we'll make a decision whether we're sending the stock or not. Then he will prepare all the required documentation, send it to either Jean Luca or Harvey, who's upstairs in the fulfillment center, Josh's remote. Uh, why am I saying all this? Is, is, yeah, is it so, necessary? No, it is. It is. So okay.
0: essentially, it's what you've just said carry on finish that finish the process okay. yeah
1: so then the, they uh basically josh has prepared all the documentation which is sending advanced shipment notifications to amazon telling them how much to expect the batch processes uh, batch products mm. uh, the batch of the products that we're going to send the expiry dates all of this metadata that, that we fill out on the shipment information prepares all of that very neatly in a bunch of folders John Luca or Harvey upstairs have this folder at their disposal. They print it off and they send it down for the warehouse operatives to pack, ship, label at the building. Um, and that notifies uh, our analyst who can then set up the invoicing.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's such an interesting process. And the more and more accounts that we're adding into the vendor process, yeah. um, the more we're seeing how we can rinse and repeat the same process across yes. the board.
1: Um, I would argue there's too many moving parts for what we had maybe even a couple months ago sure but now we have we deal with enough vendor accounts yeah it's very necessary
0: yeah absolutely so my when i where i was going with that point of vendor yeah sorry um, I no that was perfect though because it gives some background and it also explains how far we've come and it's yeah. that that there is like it, for, for me is why i do it, it is why i do it because yeah. that process of the fact we didn't just come in with that process done, ready mm. to go, we started in the gorilla days. Yeah. I remember like I I, I was intimidated when I first started this vendor process because mm. it was a whole new side of our business that yeah. didn't even know what vendor central was when we did it. Years years back, we had only ever been on the seller side. Yeah. We introduced it into the one P world, understanding how Amazon raises POs, over raises them, and so on. And it's that experience. Yeah. And knowledge that allows us to, you know, go in and confidently know what we're discussing. And and it's a good couple of years ago
1: as well. It's funny you called it. It was like something we did on the side. There was a a team member who nicknamed it our little side hustle. Yeah. Um, And lo and behold, it's become a very crucial part of our business. Mm. Funnily enough, though, I think the biggest benefit, especially to me with some of the clients I deal with, is um, having that exposure to the logistics side of things. Means that some of the clients that we we deal with everything for clients. Some people just want a little bit of advertising support. Some want the whole full hog, um, which is obviously what we prefer. But with the advertising side of stuff, you know, we're able to advise like, hey you are making 50, 60, 70 grand a month in revenue, mm. but you're also getting billed two grand for your logistics issues. Like you, you can fix that. Here's how you yeah, fix that. Right. Like how do you know that? Well, we actually do the vendor the yep. stuff here too. We
0: actually know yeah. how it can bite we're you. We're not just yeah. four
1: nomads based around the world.
0: We've had that parcel go missing to Amazon. <laughs> yes, we, we have, sir. Yes, that that pain, we have. Yeah, we've had it. We've had it all. And yeah. it, it's that. I think that's that you're you're bang on the money there. Mm-hmm. That the, the issue we're facing now is not enough clients know that this offering is available Mm. and they're taking the fact that Amazon charges you, they're taking the fact that inefficient processes and they're just taking it for granted like that's how it is. So our goal is to... We're being disruptive. Yeah. We need to shout about how we're being disruptive and and different. Yeah, Yeah. I
1: think it's enough to, you know, how many clients have you worked with that have said, oh yeah, we tried Amazon and we hated it, we don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And we we always go, no, we know, we've heard this before. Amazon is a nightmare, but we're here to to take on that nightmare and uh, walk that tightrope that you have to walk to get to good revenue, good customer experience, good brand experience. Yeah, we we know how to walk that tightrope. Yeah, only because we've drowned so many times, <laughs> so many times. Yeah,
0: so th- that is why that's what I personally do. What I do, mm. I like. I get the thrill from it all because we've seen so many countless processes mm. to change and evolve. And it, you don't see it on a daily basis. So yeah, when, you're, when we're facing these challenges, the struggles, we had a couple of challenges this morning that you came to, came to me with. You know, it's, yeah. it's painful in yeah. the moment, right? It's, it, you're pulling your hair out, literally, right? But all of those over a period of time, you don't see it today, yeah. but it's shaping our strategy. It's shaping the way we do things to be better. Uh, and I'm trying to say that without sounding corny or business guru Mm. uh, uh, number one but that yeah it's that we'll look back and say yes I mean today you've been having an advertising issue right Uh, our software you're making sure you're fixing those we're resolving them we're looking into them more to make sure in six months time for another client yeah we know exactly what went wrong and we're we have a streamlined process we've got someone monitoring the data daily or, mm. or something like that so it's, it's interesting and that's that's it and I think what you're facing today or what you faced a couple of weeks ago you would have forgotten about um, in, in yeah looking back yeah it's hmm. been
1: interesting I think these things come to light more when we are training people or when we're in client pitches and they ask really difficult questions uh, I think this has happened yeah where we get asked something and the answer just rolls off our tongue and then we don't realize that that's actually specialist knowledge. Hmm. Um, I mean, you could ask me a billion questions not related to Amazon. I wouldn't know anything. Hmm. But I'd like to think now if you ask us questions about Amazon, we can kind of answer most of them to some extent matter-of-factly. And if they're the ones that aren't, we've got the connections to sort of figure it out. But that's the crazy thing to me of, you know, I don't have a degree in Amazon. You don't have a degree in Amazon. Hmm. It's it's kind of a beautiful thing about Amazon is this long slug of just doing it and failing. And every, for every 10 failures, you have this one glimmer of success. You're like, all right, well now I know the nine ways not to do it. Yeah. And the one way to do it. And then after all this time, you realize people are now experiencing all the problems you faced over the, yeah. The period. Which is why you're valuable.
0: Yeah. it's crazy. The right. That's what you have. Yeah. Um, that's it. I, was, I mean, I was working with a, a lawyer a solicitor recently on a contract with one of my clients. And, um, they sent me their hourly rates, yeah. right? And everyone knows Solicitor's hourly rates, right? But I tell you, they charged a lot. Well, they charged more than I was hoping. <laughs> but it was worth every single penny and yeah. more. Because in a 15-minute phone call, they told me everything I just needed. Straight bang on the money, confidently. Yeah. Didn't make me question anything because... It would have taken me a lot long, far far too long to get to that answer. Wouldn't it have been a professional answer. Wouldn't it have been a guaranteed answer. Yep. Whereas here in that fifteen minute conversation, I've done that. And then you look at the value of what that person's given you, and it's opened up another x number of years, or yeah, and so on of what you could do with yeah. with, the, with the knowledge. So yeah. Have really you heard of the ones.
1: analogy of the uh, the submarine uh, submarine engine breaking? No, I, I think it's a submarine. But basically, it was a, yeah, submarine engine fails. A bunch of people come dismantle the engine try to fix it whatever they do all of this work to try and fix it and they just they can't mm-hmm. they're not like engineers or whatever and they hire this guy who's been uh, who's worked with these engines for hundred well not hundreds t- tens of years maybe a long long time yeah. I'm, I'm jumbling my English very long time uh-huh. and he comes over with a hammer um, and he just goes just two taps and it starts working again. And he goes, that'll be whatever, 5,000 pounds. Yeah, And they go up to him like, are you serious? 5,000 pounds for yeah. two seconds? And what was his answer? It was something beautiful. And he goes, no, no, no. The the, the taps probably will only cost you two to three pounds. It's knowing where to tap that cost you the rest of the money." Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because um, they just paid for all of that experience. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have other thoughts on that topic mm. too, but I won't
0: no yeah, there's, there's a lot there's a lot, a lot to unpack news. there but yeah that's
1: that's interesting on that one yeah we're coming up to about 40 45 minutes i got a piece. So. Yeah. yeah
0: so we'll call it quits i think so and uh thank you for listening to episode 43 it's been a pleasure as always likewise man. um unpacked a little bit more there on on certain topics that we've been we've been honing in on but
1: what, when do i get to do this to you I've got some great questions lined up. I'm very excited. Next week. Next week. Yeah. Are you ready? You, yeah. You?
0: I mean, there's a lot more to unpack
1: about you. Okay. But yeah. Cool. We can we can go back. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Let's let's take some turns because yeah. yeah, people. Can do
0: let's this. do a bit of a table tennis here. Yeah. Let's yeah. um let's, let's spin it on me next week. Yeah. Um, do I need to prepare?
1: Just emotionally. Okay. I'm gonna tear. I mean, your walls that's down. the hardest thing to Yeah. Do. I'm gonna tear yeah. your walls down. I want to peek wow. behind the curtain. Oh no. We I want to know. No, what, no, we what don't. What the inner workings <laughs> of Ash? I want to know your demons. I want to know your angels yeah um i want to know what makes you cry what makes you i'm gonna stop yeah.
0: oh no okay yeah. uh well on that note yeah i'm gonna be at the pharmacy show on monday you may be joining oh, me sick. May maybe. Maybe. maybe 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 yeah but yeah it's a big big deal biggest pharmaceutical brands this are gonna be there on monday yeah this will be um, the day after <laughs> this monday yeah. um and it's gonna be huge yep. and i can't wait so yeah i uh, just if you're gonna be there if you're watching this me on all the- I just got a LinkedIn message of someone who's going to be there. Really? Yeah.
1: Uh, like I said, yeah, this is coming out on Tuesday, so they're not going to see this until. But
0: they heard. would have seen me already at the pharmacy show. Oh, so yeah, yeah. so it's just no, say hi hey again. Saying, but yeah, boom, I'll see yeah, you. Yeah, like there. <laughs> hey, hey again. Yeah. <laughs> nice to nice to meet you. But no, yeah, looking forward to it. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Likewise, uh, man. Please subscribe, like, comment, do what you got to do.
1: Please rate. Here's the thing. I've said this before. If you rate this podcast, if we get I think five or ten people rating this podcast, mm-hmm. it says the rating on Spotify. That's cool. So frankly, I don't care if you rate us one star. Please don't. We're awesome, but I don't even care if it's one star. If you if you just rate wherever yeah. you rate, if we get enough ratings, it says that, and that will you know, we've we've surpassed like two thousand three hundred views until yeah. for our podcast, which Amazing. I think is really really cool. Yeah, that's that's um, a milestone. Nice so day. that's yeah. the next thing that I want to like celebrate. So please do that. Just look. all
0: right. Boop, boop. Get some people. Involved. I'll pay you yeah not much
1: not much I shall pay I know if it's five stars but <laughs>
0: but yeah cheers rate make sure you rate yeah. and uh, I'll see you next time peace out we'll see you